are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Often during COVID, I've preached one word. My message has been one word. Or it's been two words. At the most, it's been three words. Last Sunday morning, I preached from from, uh, uh, Acts chapter 27. I believe God. I do believe God. I believe that God is in control of this COVID thing. I believe that the, maybe people invented it and sent it over here. I understand all that, but I believe nothing sneaks up on God. I believe the greatest days of Christianity are still yet ahead. I believe God. I believe God can do anything but fail. I believe that. And then last Sunday night I preached, I have learned. I have learned. I'm, I've learned some things through COVID. So sad it's taken me so long to learn them all these years of pastoring the same church. But God is teaching you, and if God has not taught you something, you've not learned your lesson yet. You're not done with your assignment. God is teaching us always. I have three words for us this morning. They're found in Judges, but they're found many places in the Bible. And we find ourselves today in the book of Judges chapter 10. I bring a message to you today that identifies why so many Christians are being destroyed. Why so many marriages are being destroyed? Why so many homes are being wrecked and ruined and tears and sorrow? I bring to you why so many New Testament local churches are dwindling and closing the doors at record numbers. There's something today that's invaded us, particularly in this last year nationwide, worldwide, that's greater than COVID. It is literally wreaking destruction on the lives of people. I've never had a year in my life where I've had so much blessing from God. God has just blessed my life and blessed my wife and blessed our family and blessed our church, blessed the cause of Christ. It has been, I think, the greatest year of watching the blessings of God It's been the hardest year of my life watching people destroy their lives. I talk to many pastors. I counsel with pastors. Sometimes some pastors, and I don't want to do it, I ask them not, but the pastors say, well, you talk to my church member. I don't know what to tell them about the situation that their home is in right now. And I've done that not wanting to do it because I think they have their own pastor. I talk to a lot of people every week. I have to be very careful because if I'm not careful my prayer time, I'll say, Lord, I wonder what collapsing situation's coming today. I wonder what life is going to be destroyed today. I wonder how it's going to come out what's been going on in this marriage today. I wonder who I have to meet on the phone with. I have to go to a park and talk to some people or go off property, just deal with people. I wonder what it is, and it's just literally non-stop. It seems like there's a crowd of nationwide 
I'll, I'll use some numbers that could be below and above, but 15 years of age to 30. It can be lower than that and beyond that. I, I don't know if that crowd is so destroying their lives during COVID because they're bored. I don't know if it's because there's no routine schedule. Our schools here in many states are still not opened up. That's gonna have a dangerous effect on people's lives. And I, as I speak to you, I want our listeners to know today, I'm speaking to you from the pulpit of the greatest church in all the world. These people are holy, they're godly, they're righteous. But whenever you have large numbers, there's always going to be something. The something has about worn me out personally. Not bring out the violins, poor pastor. There are moments I thought through this calendar year, I said, I don't know physically if I'm gonna make it another day. You get worn out dealing with what I'm gonna to talk to you about today. My Bible says in Judges chapter 10, and I begin in verse 10, 10, 10, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord saying, we have sinned against thee, both because we have forsaken our God and also served Balaam. And the, children, and the Lord said unto the children of Israel, did not I deliver you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites and from the children of Ammon and from the Philistines and the Zidians and also the Amalekites and the Manoites did oppress you and ye cried to me and I delivered you out of their hand. Yet ye have forsaken me and served other gods. Wherefore I will deliver you no more. Go and cry unto the gods which ye have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your tri tribulation. And the children of Israel said unto the Lord, Say these three words with me. That's been written once before, and now we read them again. The children of the Israel said unto the Lord, here it is, we have sinned. I'm coming to you on the subject today of we have sinned. This sinning has to stop, America. It must stop God's people. It must stop. As we look at sin, in the Bible, by introduction, there is original sin. It entered in through the garden. And the Bible says, as Adam and Eve, wherefore by one man, sin entered in the world, and death by sin. So death has passed upon all men, for all have sinned. My Bible says in Romans 3, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The theological word sin is to miss the mark. It's to aim for the target and miss the mark, the bullseye. And sin is not only to miss the mark, sin means to err. It means to fault. It means to be ungodly. It means to be destroyed. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you want to spend. And it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. Sin is so wicked. And all of us face sin in our life. The pastor does daily. The people of God do daily. Once again, I face Satan this morning. If you're God's child, the old devil is as a roaring lion, roaring lion walking about 
seeking who made me devour. Dear ladies, you pray for your husband. As he goes off to work, there's a target on his back from the devil. Dear sir, you pray for your wife, whether at work or whether at home, there is a target on a Christian woman's back today. You pray for your children, there's a target. You pray for the staff kids. You pray for the pastor's kids and grandkids. There is a target. You pray for the deacons, the deacons' wives, the ushers, the Sunday school teacher, the bus workers. I promise you today, the devil is out to destroy your life and he is winning great victories in this COVID year. People are finding themselves have sinned. I'm so thankful that when sin came into the world, the Lord Jesus came into the world and became sin for us. He took our sin and he died on the cross that we might be made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace is upon him and with his stripes we are healed. I was born a sinner in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm so grateful that in 1956, in a little city over here, not very far from here, 15 minutes from here, I realized that Sunday night as my pastor preached, I'd been under conviction. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I had done things that I should not have done in my life. And I realized that I was a sinner and on my way to hell. And on that night, a sister, a, a, a sweet lady, a Viva Morningstar, at the invitation, led Jack Treber to Christ. And I confess that I'm a sinner and on my way to hell. And Jesus saved me. Oh, happy day that fixed my choice on thee, my Savior and my God. And from that day in 1956 to this day, I have failed him repeatedly. But Jesus never fails. Heaven and earth will pass away. But he never, ever will fail. I think of the fact that today that sin is so easy and prevalent in our lives, but salvation is also easy. All you have to do is come to Jesus Christ. And if you cannot point in your life, listen right now, in these cars and in these tents and on the TV and on the radio, if you cannot point to a moment in your life where you actually ask Jesus Christ to be your savior, you're lost and you need to be born again. People say, when I think, I think it was when I was in Vietnam, I prayed that God would deliver me from that foxhole that night and God did, that's not salvation. I know my birth date. It's August 28th, I know the birth date. I got that from my mother and dad. They told me that's my birthday. My birth certificate in my office says that's your birthday, Jack. You're born on August 28th. But friend, I'm not guessing. I'm not wondering, well, I got saved about this time. Sometimes people give you a two, three, four window. As I know my physical birthday, I know I was born again on that evening in 1956. No one wrote the date down. I don't have the date, but I remember the time. I remember the place. And I remember all that took place on that glorious evening. I thank God for the fact that God saved my sorry soul. But with that aside, I want to come to the Christian today. You know, quite frankly, and I've thought of it many times over the last few weeks, it's, it's really relatively easy to come and confess you're a sinner to get saved. Everybody's happy. Your mother might be weeping. Your dad might be shouting. Your family would be excited. 
and it doesn't matter what you've done and what alcohol and what drink and what, what drugs and what sin, if you get saved, there's rejoicing in heaven and there's rejoicing down here. But through life, when we begin to sin in our lives, we never want to get it right because it's embarrassing to my father. It's embarrassing to my mother. It's embarrassing to my siblings. It's embarrassing to the church. And we are so full of pride. You know, Brother Cooper will be preaching revival here real soon. Wouldn't it be great if in prelude to that today and the days to follow and during that revival, if people, the prodigal sons, would start getting right with God? Wouldn't it be great if people began to humble themselves and say, I'm not right with God and get right with God and that a sweeping revival would come into the Silicon Valley and in the North Valley Baptist Church, God would work. It has to start with, I have sinned. I've been wrong. That old song I was singing in my office this past week on Monday used to be in all of our psalm books and there's hardly any psalm books nowadays that have it. It's a song, if you're tired of the load of your sin, if you are tired of the load of your sin, we used to sing that in invitation a lot. Let Jesus come into your heart. If you desire a new life to begin, let Jesus come into your heart. Just now, you're doubting, give o'er. Just now, reject him no more. Just now, throw open the door. Let Jesus come in to your heart. Not only for, sal not only for salvation, but come into your heart if you're saved and now you're backsliding away from God. Tonight, we look at how easy it is to sin. Turn with me your Bibles, please, to Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs in chapter 28 this morning. And as you turn there, sin needs to be removed and salvation, only Jesus can remove the sin. But may I say as a child of God, when we sin, only God can help us as well. A teenager was so flippant. Many years ago he said to the preacher, you, you talk about the, the weight of sin. The weight of sin. But I've sinned a lot in my life and I can't feel any weight. How, how, how heavy, preacher, is sin? Does sin weigh 10 pounds? Does it weigh 50 pounds? Mocking the preacher. Does it weigh 80 pounds and the preacher said son if you put a 400 pound weight on a corpse would the corpse feel the load and he said of course not and he said when a person is unsaved and they sin they don't feel the load of sin because they're dead. But child of God, we as Christians, when we sin and transgress against God, that weight becomes so heavy. The weight of guilt, the weight of sorrow, 
the weight of disappointment. And the devil wants you to stay right there. How much we are a failure. We're so worthless and we're so no good. But you're a child of the king. I'm not advertising that sin. Oh, it's just wonderful. No, but God cleanses us from all of our sin. But until we come to the point that we realize that I'm just a sinner saved by grace and I can live in the light of his soon return, we are experiencing today with God's people gross sins. I've never seen it like I saw it this last year. Christians turning to alcohol and becoming alcoholics nationwide. Christians turning to drugs nationwide when you should be turning to Christ. Christians turning to, to uh, immorality and pornography and fornication and adultery and sodomy. And Christians turning to lying and stealing and deceit and vile living and feigning themselves. That word feign is in the Bible. It means to fake, pretend. When was the last time that you had business with God and God cleansed and washed your heart from sin? Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't let it go down on sin. Don't let it go down on corruption. Don't get up in the morning and begin to live a life that satisfies the flesh, but live a life that satisfies God. Oh, how important it is. The apostle was right in the church at Corinth. And he said, I marvel that ye are so soon removed. Isn't it amazing, you and I as Christians, how quickly we can step off into sin? Isn't it amazing how quickly we can lose our temper? Isn't it amazing how quickly we can let our heart be troubled? And we see nothing but gloom and doom when we should be living on the winning side. Isn't it amazing about this old wicked heart that we can get so negative so fast? I've been so encouraged with my heart so many times this year, and I've been so despondent with my heart so many times this year. How frail it is, how weak it is, how feeble it is. How fickle it is. And oh, I pray that God would cause me to be, I want to be a man of God, a mighty man of God, believing God, but living on the winning side, yes, but living with short accounts of sin. I don't want sin in my life. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies that ye should obey it to the lust thereof. I'm speaking to a crowd of the best Christians I know in the world, but I guarantee it all over this place today, all over this vast open air tent meeting today, there is people by the hundreds that are not right with God. There's hidden sins to man's heart. You know the sin. Your mate not may, know, may not know it. Your children may not know it. Your mother and dad may not know it. There's another life being led. They have ghost accounts on the internet that we can ghost ourselves where people don't know what's really going on, I'm told. But I want you to know that God knows everything. I look at Proverbs chapter 28. 
as you turn to Proverbs 28, there has to be a point where we say, I have sinned. David came to that point, said, I have sinned. Saul came to that point, said, I have sinned. Judas came to that point, said, I have sinned. Gehazi and Achan, I have sinned. There has to be a point, and today, on this January 17th, 2021, should be the day I have sinned. Put yourself to bed tonight and lay down in bed and say, God, I'm disappointed with my failure, but my sin has been confessed. I'm going to live for you from this day forward. I'm going to be honest with my family. I'm going to be honest with you. And today, God, I'm asking you to give me the victory in this area. Proverbs chapter number 28. And when you get to chapter 28, I bring to your attention verse 13. But he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh shall have mercy. I see that we, if we're not careful, want to accommodate sin. We want to accommodate by covering sin. We don't want anybody to see. Adam and Eve tried to cover. They hid themselves. They had fig leaves. They tried to cover their sin. Joseph's brothers tried to cover their sin by taking home a bloody coat. Said, Dad, some animal did it. We, we live that way. We try to cover it. You teenagers, you listen to me right now. Your mother and or your father are both should be your dearest and closest friend. And you ought to be able to go to your parent and parent your son or daughter ought to be able to say, I have sinned, I've done wrong. And mother and dad, you ought not to want to cover it. You want to deal with that sin. I think a parent naturally wants to hide sin. I think a husband or wife want to hide sin. I think people want to hide sin, but he that covereth his sin shall not prosper Billy Sunday said, one reason why sin flourishes, it flourishes so much, we try to treat it like a cream puff instead of like a rattlesnake. I want to challenge God's people today on this Sunday morning, this week, let's get as far away from sin as possible. Put barriers up in your life. I told my class this morning, every couple ought to welcome the fact that your mate could take your cell phone at any time and your computer and log in and see where you've been. That is, that is really comforting, that there's some accountability. But when your husband says, get off my, or your wife, get off my, what are you doing? There's something they're hiding. Every time. Children, I think, as mother and dad, you you're going to have to rein these computers in. I told our precious college students, I don't want to, we don't allow cell phones in the school. They don't take them to class. We don't have them. We're there for school. We don't have cell phones in the classrooms at the college. I would love to take them at 11 o'clock at night when the lights are out. We may have to do that. Because I have witnessed this year with our school shut down, Nationwide, so I'm not talking about our students right now. So many people in the dark of the night have sinned and then covered that sin. God's word says, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. Stop the lying. You're not going to prosper. Stop the defeat. You're not. We have sinned. 
or better now, I have sinned. It's easy to confess sin corporately that, yeah, we're all in this together, but how about individually, I have sinned. Today, the Bible says that we try to accommodate sin. But secondly, in that verse, I find that we're supposed to admit sin. There needs to be admission to sin. He that covereth, that's to accommodate it, shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth, confesseth. David came to the point in 2 Samuel where Nathan came to him about the sin of his own life. David thought he was talking about someone else and Nathan said to him, thou art the man. And David's response was, I have sinned. He wrote a Psalm 51. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this iniquity in thy sight. Purge me and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. He realized the error of his way, the sin of his way, and he began to confess it. I was reading and closing out the book of 2 Samuel this morning. In chapter 23 and chapter 24, David's now getting ready to die. And he's getting ready to die. He comes to the point. And he talks about a judge or a king should live justly and have a good family and all these good things that he should have done. He should be like the morning sun. And like the dew of the morning, should just be bringing joy to people's lives. And then he said this, although it be not so in my home. He was thinking about Absalom that was trying to kill his dad and he died a wicked death. He was thinking about Amon, his other son, that died at the hand of his brother. He was thinking about his daughter Tamar who was defiled by her brother. He was thinking about all the sins of his own life. And he said, although it be not so with my home, May I plead with you today. God's people, we're going to have to come to the point where we stop the sinning. We're going to have to come to that point. If you can't use a cell phone without messing up, get rid of the cell phone. This church began, we had no cell phones. Our phone number at the church was 408-241-4425. There was a phone in the church building. We had a little A-frame building and two little rooms up front that were baptistry rooms. Nobody called the phone. My wife was there. I was there. But when the phone would ring, we finally figured out. I said, I think it's at the front of the building. And I'd run and they'd stop. Next time, a few days later, someone would ring the phone, say, well, why don't you just go outside on your cell phone? We had no cell phones. Finally, I figured out it's coming from this side of the auditorium. I found it was tucked behind a back drawer of a desk, and there was the phone, 241-4425. We got along just fine without a cell phone. And I know your works and your business. I know you have to have. I know that. I know it. And I have one. I understand that. But if it's going to destroy your marriage, if you're going to have to gather your children together and say, I'm so ruined our, our home as a dad or a mother, wouldn't it be better to get rid of the phone? 
told my class this morning, this ministry, right now we're on computers everywhere worldwide. We thank God for computers. and We need them. We have to have them. I understand that. Everybody has computers. Every student has to have I understand that. But this is a man that doesn't have one. And all my people have to help me with things they do, and I'm so grateful for them. I told my class this morning, I don't, I don't not have a, 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 a computer because I'm such a good Christian. I'm afraid of myself. God says, put no confidence in the flesh. I'm afraid of how I could destroy your life and destroy my family because no, no, no. When you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. Don't, don't believe I, I'm invincible. I'm the pastor around here. I got this thing conquered. Oh, foolish man. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth. And today, would you at least begin by confessing to God and confessing to your mate? You say, well, she'll leave me. He'll leave me. That's their decision. They're going to have to make that decision. But you can be honest before God and you can be honest before man. Teenager, go to your parent and get it right. Get it clean today. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso forsaketh. And then I like what he says. Confesseth and forsaketh. Forsake means to abandon. Only you can say I have sinned and walk away from it. When we forsake sin, it means I'm going to have to give up some friends. I'm going to have to give up some things that are causing me to fail in my journey called life. For I have sinned. I have sinned and done this iniquity in thy sight. A little boy got tangled up after school with the town bully. The town bully came at him and started to beat on him. And that little boy turned and all of a sudden, man, he was on top of that bully and just wailing into that bully. But it kept screaming for help. Help! Beating up on that bully. Help! And a man came by and said, son, you've got him pinned. You're winning. And the little boy said this, yes, but I feel like he's about to get up. Help! And it may seem like you're winning by fighting back the sin in our life, but you need God to help you. I need God to help me. You need your mother. You need your sweet, sweet mother. You need your dad. You need a pastor. You need a godly deacon, a deacon's wife. You need Titus chapter 2, an aged woman, an aged man. You need someone that's going to help you on the journey of life. God sent into my life as a high schooler some people that really guided me on the way to work every day early in the morning, my senior year of high school. My sweet aunt was there to help me and guide me. And she gave me good instruction as I stopped by about 10, 30, 11 for lunch, and then go to work. God used her to guide me. God used godly people in my church to guide me. 
because I was so prone, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Oh, yes. Page 520, and I won't take the time to go there, but sin will take you farther than you want to go. You don't want to have it where my sin is ever before me, as David said. And God keeps that sin ever before us. We'll never get it out of our mind, though it's confessed. As a warning not to do it again. Because we remember the last time the consequences. I wonder today how many young people are trying to get free of church. I just, I gotta have my freedom. I feel like old time religion just shackles me down. Someone says, I grew up in a Christian home. I just wanna, I just wanna be free and drink a little alcohol if I want. But you know what a little alcohol does? It craves more. On my prayer list are so many kids I've known through my life. Some are now in their 20s and 30s and 40s. But they have no control of their lives. They're alcoholics. I know of some that had a great future that live. I know of one or two that live under these underpasses as homeless. In 45 years, I've watched people go to prison because they thought they could handle alcohol. They thought they could handle drugs. I need my freedom. I need my liberty. The church, my parents have put so much bondage on me. And so now you gained your freedom only to lose the freedom you had when you were living for Christ. And you cannot control that bottle or that drug or that drink. It's bigger than you. You can't control it. Oh, but if you bow your knee before a holy God, say, dear God, I confess that I was wrong. I need your help, please. Mom, dad, husband, wife, I need your help. God's people. I've added people this week to my prayer page that are backslid. I've been asked to add them. And it breaks my heart. I see those names. I think, Lord, please, this, this boy, this girl, this man, this woman had such great potential for you. I think of how many mothers in this church go to bed brokenhearted at night. And how many dads are brokenhearted over the sins of their kids. I think how many marriages are just on the verge of destruction. We're out of time. Three words today. I have sinned. Lest you think I'm looking down and preaching at you, I'm preaching to us. I'm preaching to my great need in my heart. I pray the day would never come. Well, I'd have to stand here and say, I'll never be able to preach to you again. And better men than I have have had to do that same thing. I don't, I don't find fault with other people's sins. And when you begin to find faults with other people's sins, it's because you're trying to cover your own sin. But it's got to stop, ladies and gentlemen.
that has to stop. And we've got to live a life that is, according to the book of Colossians, Christ who is my life. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.